Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Talking USMLE podcast. My name is Dr. Paul. Today, I'm answering five questions that were submitted to me through my Instagram account over the past week. Don't forget to follow me at RealDrPaul on Instagram. Submit your questions so that I can answer them in an upcoming episode. Now let's dive in and get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Q&A with Dr. Paul. Today I'm going to answer a few of the better questions that I think I received this week on Instagram uh, that I think would add a lot of value to you as a viewer. So let me dive in. I've got five really good questions today that I want to tackle. So I got a bunch of notes here uh, for every question. So I'm going to pose the question and then I'm going to refer to my notes just to make sure that I cover everything that we need to cover. So question number one is I'm stuck on my personal statement what should I include? Okay, so the personal statement obviously is one of the most important aspects of your entire application because it's your opportunity to let the best parts of you shine and to hook the reader in to persuade them to actually give you an interview, right? If you have great scores and you've done all kinds of research, extracurriculars, whatever, but your personal statement doesn't reflect that and it doesn't paint you in the greatest light, it could actually ruin your chances of interviews. So you want to make sure that you put together a really awesome personal statement. So here's just a few tips that you can you can take to sort of get the ball rolling and ultimately put forth a really good personal statement. So first and foremost, if you're stuck, identify the things that you've done over the last, let's say, four years throughout med school and then before that, that brought you to this position you are in today what are some highlights things that made you use things that make you impressive things that make you a standout applicant so some things to just improve upon these ideas once you've come up with them um, be specific right if you're specific in what you are writing it demonstrates your your interests and your motivations for that particular specialty so avoid being vague when you're creating your personal statement you want to be specific to the specialty that you're applying for the second thing I have here is highlight experiences from your CV that remind the reader that you're prepared for the position. So you want to look back at your CV. What are the things in there that really highlight your passion and your desire to be in whatever residency uh, specialty you're applying for? So if you're applying, for example, for surgery, go back to your CV, grab the things that make you that amazing candidate and highlight those in your personal statement. The third thing, and this is something that a lot of students struggle with, is addressing any issues that could come up. So a lot of people have not necessarily red flags in their CV, but maybe things that aren't absolutely the greatest things that you would want to highlight. For example, let's say you failed step one, right? That's something that a lot of people do and they still match, but a lot of students try to um, hide that fact. Don't hide it. If you have a major setback or gaps or anything in your CV that could be used against you, the best thing to do is highlight them, but explain what happened and why that specific challenge helped you become a better person and more suited to the specific specialty you're applying to, right? It doesn't do you any good to sort of try and bury any weaknesses because they're going to read your CV and if they bring you in for an interview, they're going to know about them and they might ask you. So why not just address it and twist it so that it is 
a positive for you, right? I failed step one, so how is this a positive? Well, I realized that I was weak in my, in my basics and it forced me to triple down on my studies. Now I feel like my basic sciences are so strong and that's gonna help me become a better surgeon because of that fact, okay? So you wanna sort of take the weakness and identify why it make you, makes you stronger and more suited to that actual residency position. The fourth tip I have here for this, the personal statement, and this is probably the most important, is improve your writing skills. Does you no good if you have a great CV and you have a lot of accomplishments and you're a great fit, but you can't express it by writing, right? You wanna make sure that your writing is strong. There's no errors. You're writing in uh, full sentences. You have to be a strong writer. The second thing is to make sure you learn how to write persuasively. Being able to write persuasively means that you can write in a way that allows all of the important things that make you the ideal candidate to pop, right? It's like a story. There could be two stories, two people write, this, write about the same thing. One is just amazing and captivating, the other is boring. You wanna learn how to take the highlights that you want to put forth about yourself and really make them shine and, and pull the reader in so that they wanna read more and they wanna actually invite you in for an interview, okay? So those are a few things you can do to get the ball rolling if you're stuck on your personal statement. Question number two is, is it a good idea to use social media to network for residency? So I, I think it is, and that's one of the cornerstones of what we teach in our residency roadmap is to use social media to find the right people to network with so that you have a vast network of people that you can tap into if needed. Now, a lot of students try to avoid social media and a lot of schools have this perception that students should stay off of social media because it's gonna paint them in the, in the bad light. But what you can do is you can curate your social media presence so that it reflects exactly what you wanna show to potential residency programs. So for example, if you wanna be a future surgeon, you can create a profile that highlights this in positions you as someone who is driven, motivated to become a surgeon. And when you reach out to surgery residents, surgery attendings, and they check you out on your profile, not only will you look good, but you will position yourself to look like someone who's perfect for their program. So social media is very, it's a very powerful tool if used correctly. You wanna make sure you do all the right things, such as have the right profile picture, create a, a, an excellent profile that demonstrates exactly what you're trying to accomplish, and then it has a really strong call to action. Call to action meaning um, a link that you can send someone to that, that demonstrates further uh, what you have to offer, whether it be a presentation, whether it be research, whatever it may be. You wanna make sure you line these things all, all, all up correctly to paint yourself in the best light. And if you do that, not only is social media as, as a tool for networking good, it's an amazingly powerful tool. So as long as you have the right things in place, you'll find that social media can be very, very good for your overall approach to getting into residency. The next question we have is, how do I improve my chances of getting interviews with a failed step one? This is a super common question. We get this one all the time. Now, I have three things I wrote down here that I think you can take if you failed step one and you know turn that around and position yourself for success when it comes time to apply. So number one is understand that the best residency candidate is the most well-rounded so of course if you fail the step one next time around you absolutely need to do very well so that you can sort of make it look like you just had a bad day that's important and also you want to score well on your ck the other thing is that 
focus on being well-rounded. Focusing on being well-rounded will allow you to become a better overall candidate, right? It does you no good to have great USMLE scores, but I've done nothing else. Just like it does you no good to have poor USMLE scores, but a lot of research. You wanna be well-rounded. So focus from day one of med school on being as well-rounded as you possibly can. Now, the next thing is just focus on minimizing the impact of your failure. So like I said, redeem yourself with a great score, score as high as possible on CK. So don't underestimate CK. Work super, super hard to make sure you get a really good score on CK. That can take a lot of the uh, negativity away from that initial fail. And then the most important thing is you wanna make sure when you apply that you're looking to see who won't accept a history of failure and make sure you apply to those programs. Don't just apply everywhere. There are programs that don't want to see USMLE failures. Find them. You can use things like Match or Resident to find programs that simply wouldn't invite you for an interview based on a history of failure and then apply to those programs. That's going to be the most efficient way to move forward. And then become above average in all other areas. Now, if you can identify what the average USMLE candidate looks like, um, what you can do is make sure that you meet all those criteria and then go above and beyond. So for example, if you want to get into OB-GYN and let's say the average OB-GYN resident who, uh, or person who successfully matched into residency has, let's say three research papers, four publications, five um, volunteer experiences, meet those minimums and then go 10, 20, 30% further. That way you look better on paper as compared to the average person who matched the previous year. This will make sure that not only are you well-rounded, but you're better than the average student. That can help you make up for a history of failure on step one, or maybe lower than ideal scores. The next question is, how do I explain gaps in my CV? So the best thing I can, the best advice I can give you with respect to explaining gaps in your CV is simply to not hide from them. Even if these gaps are negatives, I want you to sit down with your with your with those negatives, with those gaps, and ask yourself. How did this gap or this red flag or this time away, how did this help me become a better person, a better student, a better med student, a better candidate for their residency program? Write out a list of things that this gap or this red flag did to you personally and professionally to make you better. And then prepare answers so that if someone was to say, you know, tell me about this gap and, and you know, what happened here, you can twist it in a way that paints it in a positive light, right? From every single negative, and everybody's got some sort of negative, every negative can be used for better, to improve, to get better, to, to um, take you from one point to a point higher up, to level up. And so you wanna make sure that you use all the negatives that happen, not only here, but in life, to learn a lesson and get better. And then what you wanna do is, identify all of the potential red flags or gaps in your CV and be ready during your um, interviews to talk about all of them. And then on your CV, your personal statement particularly, identify them and explain why these made you a better person and a stronger candidate for their program. And I think you'll find that most people are willing to forgive a gap here or there if it made you better, stronger, and ultimately a better candidate for their program. Now, the, the last question we have here is, what's the latest I can take CK and still participate in the match? So, you know, if you just do a basic search, you'll see that it takes on average three to four weeks for the computer-based uh, test results to come back. Now, with that said, you wanna make sure that you're in a position that you're not going to, you know, try and squeeze it in last minute. And then if you fail or, you know, there's a problem such as we're experiencing now with COVID where everything is delayed, you don't wanna put yourself in a position where, you apply, but you don't have your CK score. 
So what you should do is, you know, consider that if you're, let's say, going to apply just, you know, the average year would be, let's say, September 15th. Make sure that you're, you're taking your exam at least a month before. And I would just for the sake of safety, take it, you know, five to six weeks before everything should be submitted. That gives you a little bit of leeway just in case there's any hiccups or there's any delays for any reason whatsoever. You always want to make sure you don't, you know, position yourself to have to scramble last minute to get things done. You want to do things as early as you can. That way too, if, you know, for some reason you were to fail an exam, it's not going to delay you a full year. You can get back into it, identify weaknesses, put forth a better effort next time, okay? So ultimately, uh, three to four weeks is the bare, bare maximum you should, you should be um, waiting before applications go out. But I would double it and say, you know, anywhere from five, six, seven, eight weeks maybe is a safe bet just to make sure that you're not stressed out about one more thing because you have so many things to worry about when it comes time to apply. So being ahead of the game will help you, um, you know, do your best when it comes time to apply. All right, hopefully those were helpful. Uh, if you guys have any questions, go ahead and drop them in the comment section below. I'll be happy to answer them there and also include them in an upcoming episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends if you found it to be helpful. Thank you all for stopping by. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you all for listening. I hope that was helpful. If you want to position yourself as the ideal and perfect candidate for your dream residency position, go ahead and visit residencyroadmap.com learn about how we can help you and book your free strategy session to discuss how we can help position you as the ideal and perfect candidate for your dream residency position. Thank you all for stopping by. We'll see you on the next episode.